0: Lindsay's stomach just growled so loud. Hi everybody, my name is Jordan Reed.
1: And I'm Lindsay Reed.
0: And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff.
1: Each week we talk about things like, oh, true crime.
0: Oh, we sure do. Uh, oh,
1: urban legends.
0: Oh, omelets. <laughs>
1: Spooky things. Oh.
0: Maybe something like a ghost uh, friend.
1: Yeah, we do talk about ghost friends. <laughs> Anything paranormal related.
0: Yeah, especially omelets. Uh, every single week since uh, since a while ago, since 1981, Lindsay and I will research a topic separately of one another. Lindsay will go to 1982 and I will go to 1981. And then we reconvene back in our house at the present year and... And then we discuss what we've researched for the very first time with you, the listener, and each other. And this week, we're dedicating this show to everyone who's ever been on the show alone that we've been watching a lot of. That's
1: a lot of people. Well,
0: how, then how about all the people who came in second place? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, let's give a shout out to the second placers because I feel like they do a really good job too.
0: The, the first placers... <laughs> Listen up, first placer. The first placers already get $500,000.
1: Second placer just has to live in treacherous environments for like 90 days. And they
0: don't get anything. Yeah. Except for some fame, probably some fame. Yeah. Maybe 20 new Instagram followers. Uh, (laughs) If anyone has ever not watched the show alone, it's on the History Channel. Uh, You can also watch the first five seasons of it on Hulu. It's... I'm going to make a bold statement. It's one of my favorite shows that you and I watch.
1: It's fun. I like watching it cuz I feel like it's a very simple way of learning some survival skills.
0: Yeah, I agree. If if anyone doesn't know the premise, it's a survival show where they drop people off typically in Vancouver Island up in Canada and then it's they they see how long they can survive off the land by themselves. So there's no camera crew, they're recording themselves. There's cougars, there's bears, there's wolves. It's scary.
1: Gets pretty intense.
0: It does get pretty intense, but it's I I like seeing what people can just build, like the amount of knowledge that people have stored up in their brain, and they're like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna build a log cabin, literally. Yeah. uh, Out of well logs. (laughs) (laughs) Usually. Out of
1: cougars. Out of
0: cougars. You know what? That would be
1: a loud cabin. Like they're live. They're live. Cougars. Yeah.
0: So and how they would just growl you and meow? How many cougars do you think you would need? How many live cougars do you think you would need to build an adequate habitat, one in which you could stand up inside of?
1: That'd be a lot of cougars. I mean, what a two-person, twenty or a one-person log
0: cabin. Let's do one person.
1: Okay, single-family home. I well, don't know. Yeah,
0: single human home.
1: Single human home. I don't know. That's a lot of cougars.
0: Twenty live cougars.
1: <laughs> Probably three. Three? Yeah, just spread them out.
0: All right. (laughs) Okay. Well, last week, what did we talk about? You talked about time travel. I did. Yeah, that's right. And some guy
1: that claims that he uh, came back in time.
0: Stopped in the year 2000 for a minute.
1: To get some old machinery.
0: Yeah, just said, hey. And then
1: went back into the future.
0: I was thinking about that, too. Like, what if... Because I, I, I think I, like, said something like, oh, he stopped there to take a break. What if he just wanted to stop in the year 2000? I mean, if time travel ends up being a thing that, you know, in... I think the year he did it was 2038. It just kind of ends up being this thing where people of the elite or people who have access to it can just easily time travel. So why not? He's like, oh, I'll just stop in 2000. Just see what's going on. Poke maybe my head he was in.
1: stopping for the Y2K. Maybe. He's like, oh, I want to see what actually happened in 2000. Because maybe in the future, the Y2K becomes like a conspiracy
0: Oh, like, did it happen? And then there's all these yeah. cool things. I mean, it quite literally happened. But the whole computer shut down and people were building bunkers. Nope. Did not happen. Nope. You know what? It was fine. Everything was fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was perfectly fine.
0: Yeah. So there. So I don't know why he would stop in 2000. Maybe to get like a cool, I don't know, like a Fred Durst t-shirt, like a Limp Bizkit CD. Probably. Yeah. And then you talked about haunted places that you wouldn't normally think as being haunted.
1: Right. Like a Toys R Us.
0: Uh, yes, an a, Arby's, an Arby's, a Taco Bell.
1: Apparently, there's a lot of haunted fast food places around the U.S.
0: That makes sense. I mean, if you think about the amount of dead animals they're bringing in there all the time that are no. already chopped up, well, think about it. We we talk about real stuff on this show, <laughs> like hamburgers and French fries and chicken. The Hamburglar. Like the Hamburglar. Like
1: He's kind of scary.
0: He is scary.
1: All of those creatures in McDonald's were scary.
0: The scary thing. Oh, grimace. Yeah. Yeah, which sounds like a name you and I would come up with, doesn't it, <laughs> Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, uh, the scariest ones were, I think they were like the mid-90s or the early 90s, those weird feathery spherical people with just oh, yeah. the long chicken legs. Yeah. Who designed those? And more yeah. importantly, who went, that'll be good. When I think of burgers, I think of tall spherical chicken people.
1: People do some weird stuff.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. Well, hey. Yeah. Lynns. it's me, Jordan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi. Uh,
0: I think you're first this week. Yeah,
1: and my topic is very recent. Okay. And we were at dinner the other night, and we saw on TV, May 4th, 2019, Oh, yeah. there was that boat that broke out with measles.
0: Yeah, that was just on Friday.
1: Yeah. Do you know that was a Scientology boat? Beg pardon? <laughs> yeah.
0: What was... do you? I didn't know Scientology had boats.
1: Well, let me tell you, they do.
0: Uh, if anyone if anyone here uh, geeks out about Scientology as much as I think I do. Uh, yeah, you
1: love Scientology. Oh, my
0: gosh. I just love knowing about all this stuff. <laughs> it's, it's so creepy and weird.
1: I mean, Scientology, it's one of those things that I think that it's either like okay, it's just a religious group that has a lot of money that people are putting this very, I mean, I think it's a weird religion, I guess. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of organized religion can be, I mean, any organized groups can be weird.
0: Sure. So
1: like there is a lot of weird stuff and I know you really get into it, but a lot of it I'm like, I think it's just people playing it up to be way weirder than it is. It's,
0: I think it's very unusual. <laughs> but
1: like I said, there's a lot of unusual groups. But yeah, let me tell you about the um, Scientology boats that are around there. So the Church of Scientology cruise ship has the free winds, which is just quarantine for measles, like a measles breakout. Okay. Um, it had 300 passengers aboard. Um, it was quarantined in the Caribbean nation of Saint Lucia for measles when a female crew member was diagnosed with a highly contagious, preventable disease. So I bet a lot of you saw it. I mean, i I don't think I don't think a lot of people said it was a Scientology boat, but I think once people started getting information and confirming that it was, um, mm-hmm. a lot of places like CNN abc or nbc you know they all started reporting oh it's a scientology boat so i feel what are they doing out there
0: yeah and i feel like that's like like for for a journalist or from a journalistic standpoint not only did they find a measles boat but then once they were like oh it's also a scientology boat
1: yeah so scientology is probably pretty mad because they've been floating around for a while and they're like oh shoot now we're in the press and they have a- had
0: measles. <laughs> and they have a copy of the Rosetta Stone on it. <laughs> and there's a UFO in the back.
1: What? So, yeah, the company, Panamanian Company, they're sure. linked to the Church of Scientology. So that was confirmed that that boat is a Scientology boat. It also reported at the St. Lucia Coast Guard officials confirmed the quarantine vessel did belong to the church. So basically, this boat has... it. They just, I think, yesterday morning... We were allowed to dock and like let everybody gone. But basically, St. Lucia was giving hundreds of vaccines to. Get everybody off the boat.
0: So there was a measles outbreak on the boat? Or yeah. was it just, oh, okay, I thought it was just like a big boat that people with measles would take a cruise. No, it
1: just... wasn't just a measles boat. Okay. <laughs> there was an outbreak. So um, the Department of Health and Wellness had to step in and they were giving vaccinations, yada, yada. Anyways, Scientology does have an official position on vaccines from Reverend John Carmichael, the president of the Church of Scientology. Okay. Well, the president now. The church emphasizes that the harmful effects of drugs, toxins, and other chemicals that lodge in the body and create a biochemical barrier to spiritual well-being. So basically, they're not allowed to have this stuff. Vaccines. Yeah. So people that are against anti-vaxxers, you're going to be real mad at the church now because you know (laughs) that a big part of them are all anti-vaxxers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's like such perfect Scientology jargon, a biochemical barrier. Yeah. Wowee, huh? Yeah.
1: So wow. a lot of them probably aren't vaccinated. And I was just thinking about it too. I'm like, okay, if they're not allowed to be vaccinated and the health officials step in and they find the people on the boat that are vaccinated, Scientologists might get like, oh, so you went behind our backs and got vaccinated?
0: Oh, yeah. And then you're going to be... Um, Oh, what is it? Not a person of interest, but uh, a suspicious person or something. They they have all these labels for people who might go against the church in one way or another. Yeah. But then again, you know for sure that all of the extremely rich and elite members of Scientology, they're all vaccinated. Of oh. course they are. Tom, yeah. Cruise, <laughs> Tom Cruise goes for a daily vaccination where he gets vaccinated for like diseases that were around when like, Cro Magnon man was was (laughs) wandering was uh yeah he is just a
1: big vaccination I don't even think he's a like he fits perfect with Scientology. I just think he's a puppet
0: oh he is a puppet for sure but he also hasn't aged in the last three thousand years
1: he's an odd guy but (laughs) the boat the free winds it plays an important spiritual role for the Scientologist okay so what is the free winds the free winds basically is a floating church the President of Scientology has been kicked out of some countries for practicing what he does. So basically what I read was he has a fleet of boats that travel around because he can't go to certain countries. So it's oh. his way of being globally spiritual
0: it's a mobile office
1: right so he's kind of oh. doing it to get around the fact that like he can't go to the uk anymore because he's been kicked out and like sure. he can go on these boats well
0: and since the the church of scientology has a seemingly endless amount of money oh my gosh have yeah. you seen their have you seen any like of the footage of like those like i don't know if it's annual or whatever but like those big events they have
1: oh they're huge Holy These like beautiful smokes. churches that they build yeah it's crazy So the passengers on the boats receive training for a spiritual practice of auditing. Yeah. I know you know about auditing. I'll kind of sum it up really quick for the listeners if they don't know. The ship is staffed by members of the Sea Organization or the Sea Org, an order of Scientologists who have agreed to work long hours and live communally for the, the Church of Life. So they don't get paid, but in exchange they get housing benefits and allowance to purchase personal items. So basically, you work for the church, you dedicate yourself to the church, whatever doesn't seem weird. But yeah, the whole line of auditing is basically taking like lie detector tests and all this like almost kind of like criminal investigation kind of stuff. Kind
0: of, sort of, yeah. It's like this what is it it's this technology that like doesn't it's, it's supposed to measure like how good of a person you are or something like that and it, like it really has no bearing whatsoever in like reality and it's very it's very peculiar It's
1: very very weird so like i said they were allowed to port on saturday morning and obviously they're handling the quarantine of it so according to the church the free ones is less a vacation and more of a floating religious treatment center Um, Some former Scientologists have described it in a little bit of harsher terms. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Once upon a time, basically, Scientology had a fleet of ships, which was made by the Sea Organization or the Sea Org. The ships and crew helped Scientology uh, founder L. Ron Hubbard. With research, I put that in quotation marks because of, I think that's very appropriate. I don't know what kind of research they really <laughs> Very do.
0: appropriate.
1: Um, but yeah, that's why you see a lot of their leaders and stuff in navy uniforms because yeah. it was a big thing.
0: And that's why it's called the like highest ranking, I guess, club or level you can reach is the Sea Org, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, they say that basically going on this ship is one of the higher levels that you can get. It was. Called the, it's the highest level of spiritual attainment, the OT8 which stands for the Operating Thetan Level 8. Yeah. So you basically go on these retreat boats to get to your Level 8 or highest level that you can get. So
0: like, I think it's like something like the amount of Thetans or something you have in your body is like directly correlated to like how uh, I guess loyal you are to the church or something. Again, I don't know a ton about it. Or how much
1: money you give to the church. (laughs) Or how much Um. money you give. (laughs) So auditing for scientists is a practice by which the individual can rid himself of spiritual disabilities holding a device called the e-meter which functions as a kind of lie detector the auditor interrogates the oddity looking for spiritual distress now I don't have a lot of notes about it but I know that what's that actress Leah Remini or something like that oh, she is like to- she used to be in Scientology yeah. she is, totally hates it now
0: she's a big whistleblower
1: um, yeah she actually spoke out about this boat She definitely wants this organization to go down. This is the comments that she said about the ship. She said, this is just the tip of the iceberg for what staff members of the Freewinds Scientology Ship of Horrors, she called it, have to endure while serving people like Tom Cruise and David Miscavige, the church's current leader. Yeah,
0: David Miskevich.
1: Um she also apparently threw a bunch of stuff out. I guess they have a derogatory term for the regular person. Mhm. But yeah, she is completely against this church. Um 2011, a Australian woman actually started speaking out and she said she was taken aboard the ship for what she thought was a two week vacation, like a spiritual retreat. Mm-hmm. But it ended up turning into a 12 year long form of like servitude. Yeah. So they basically like captured her. And a lot of people are starting to talk about it and how they've done that. But yeah, the church describes the free winds as a kind of moving of Mount of Olives, the sight of Jesus. It's a place where Scientologists can reach to the highest level of spiritual obtainment. So, yeah, it's just a weird uh, little boat floating around the free winds. Yeah. And I didn't realize that when we saw it. I'm like, oh, great, measles outbreak. Like, that's already bad enough. And then they're like, oh, and it's a Scientology boat?
0: Yeah, I thought it was. I thought the boat when we first saw it was like uh, an annex boat of the rat boat that the rats were like, let's hop (laughs) over to this one. This one's getting too dirty. It is a rat boat. I mean, it kind of is a rat boat. It's
1: just as scary.
0: Just, it's just as... Well, I would say maybe because there's humans on it who belong to Scientology and there's numerous reports and visual evidence of them bullying people and trying to ruin people's lives.
1: Okay. So if you had to pick, would you rather be aboard the cannibalistic, crazy disease rap boat or the Scientology boat?
0: Rat boat. <laughs> Me. <laughs> okay. Rat boat. Rat boat for sure. Because... Rats can't uh, manipulate... Rats can't manipulate you and steal your money and ruin your reputation. They could. Well, I guess they could inadvertently... They're a feisty group of rats. They are kind of a feisty little group of rats. <laughs> um, little rascals. They are little rascals. <laughs> now, this isn't us like bashing organized religion at all, but I think that we realize that uh, Scientology quite literally is... Not necessarily safe or good.
1: Well, that's like what I said. I mean, I don't like to bash any kind of organization that goes on because it's like if you need that organization to like feel you, I yeah, guess, yeah. then you do what you need to do. But mm-hmm. I just think it's really funny that you know, the press got a hold of this measles boat and then now got a hold that it's a Scientology boat. And everybody's kind of freaking out about it. (laughs) But it's like, I mean, just because it's a Scientology boat, guys, like doesn't mean that like a demon's gonna spawn from this boat. But (laughs) I mean, but yeah, it's I didn't even realize that that was the whole case. It just made the whole story a lot weirder. But um, also that Leah, that actress that speaks out, it was really funny because she kind of put a jab in there because Scientologists say that they're like the ultimate being and they don't need stuff. And it, she just thought it was really funny because she's like, oh, weird that you're the ultimate being and you don't need any vaccinations and you all got measles.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
1: that shows that your immune system isn't as great as you thought it was. Yeah,
0: you might actually just be humans. Um, <laughs> you know, Lindsay and I will never, ever claim to be experts on anything whatsoever. But like, I think in terms of like being an armchair expert, like I like listening to like interviews about ex-Scientology members or that documentary that's everyone likes is what Going Clear. But like, yeah, it's, it's really intense, like the amount of stuff that happens in that church. Well, church, quote unquote. So maybe this is a little bit of uh, universal karmatic justice. Maybe. Happening to the Church of Scientology.
1: Maybe. If there is a superior being out there, maybe he's like, or she's like, mm-hmm. hey, chill out a little bit, okay? I'm going to fill you with measles and you're going to cool it. No <laughs> one's going to die, yeah. but I'm going to scare y'all a little bit.
0: Yeah. Oops, got, oops, scared ya?
1: Oop, gotcha. Oop. um, Also, there's a diseased rat boat floating around out there.
0: What if they, what if they collided? Oh. And then you had all the rats ate all the people in the Sea Org, gained their power, and then became anthropomorphized Scientology rats.
1: Oh no! Talk
0: about talk about uh what bad bad thing? Talk Is that about what like ends
1: <laughs> ends our universe? I would think so. What if they've been they float those boats around because they're waiting to run into like to rat boat and they're like oh. you're the missing piece.
0: Maybe that we
1: need to be a higher being. Okay, so like in order to
0: in order to gain enlightenment, like maybe there's like some secret text that L. Ron Hubbard wrote and it was like uh, and then take this boat out and then make a left here and then you're going to see a few penguins and make a right at the penguins and then you'll pass all the dolphins and then collide with rat boat. And then become one super organism and then take over the universe. Yeah. I mean, it seems real. It seems like science fiction. And that's, (laughs) I mean... And you're into
1: science fiction.
0: I am. And so was L. Ron Hubbard. I mean, he was a sci-fi writer. (laughs) And that's what I'm pretty sure what almost the entire Church of Scientology is based on is his sci-fi books.
1: Right. Well... Yeah, that's what I, you know, I think the weird thing about Scientology is, honestly, it might not even be a weird thing. But the fact that it's so vague and everybody's so secretive,
0: mm-hmm. they've
1: basically dubbed them them weird.
0: Well, I think like judging by the amount of interviews and all of the information that, um, what's the word, what's the word that validates everybody else's claims and mm-hmm. whistleblowing, I don't think it's good. Yeah. Uh, but you but know,
1: sometimes know. going to just work isn't good.
0: Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, uh, sometimes <laughs> going to work isn't good. <laughs> I guess you're
1: right. So, you know, maybe we're all like living in our own Scientology world.
0: You know what else isn't good? Sometimes when I, when I eat, when I dig in our trash and I find trash and I eat the trash, that's also just not good.
1: No, it's not good. No,
0: it's not. We have some chicken bones in our trash right now, and I was thinking about eating them, but you know what I'm not going to do? That.
1: Okay, well, before we wrap this up and go to Haunted Housekeeping, uh huh, I have one little question that you don't have to answer now.
0: I'll answer right now. No, huh? yeah. I feel
1: like let's leave it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's leave it and have our listeners think about it. Okay. Do you think Molly is a Scientologist?
0: What are we basing this off of?
1: Just her persona,
0: her her secretive personality.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, this is why because she does what she wants. Yeah, she has people buy stuff for her. She doesn't.
0: She's she's, tax exempt.
1: Yeah, she doesn't pay her taxes. She um basically like is the like she's kind of a Scientology
0: leader. Okay. Uh. Sure.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I don't know, we'll ask her.
0: But yeah, anyways, we'll ask her. Maybe let's we'll, go to Haunted House. Let's keeping. do we'll 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 do a little bit more research on Molly and her ties to the Church of Scientology. Uh okay. Well, hey, we'll see everybody in the haunted housekeeping zone in three, two, one. Our extremely haunted show is brought to you by Viddy Space. Viddy Space is an online spooky streaming service started by our buddies, Nick Groff and Elizabeth Saint.
1: You can find everything spooky on there, including us. And it's really scary.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think just the fact that we're on there is terrifying. Viddy Space is an app that you can download on your iPhone or your Android. You can also go to viddy.space on your pew and search a bunch of super spooky content documentaries about Bigfoot alien stuff maybe you want to watch some more creepy things about the men in black because this show just really inspired you to do it go right ahead
1: start streaming and screaming
0: you can go to vidi.space that's v-i-d-i dot space and get a 15 day trial for free and browse all the content you'd like and then see what you think and then maybe you just want to be spooked and scared and scream all the time time, you can do it.
1: We also are a proud member slash part of the Scavengers family at the Scavengers Network.
0: That's true. The Scavengers Network was started by our big, beautiful boss, boy, baby, baby, boy, boy, Colin M. Parker. And it's home to a lot of wonderful podcasts and some YouTube vids as well. You can check out podcasts on there like New Shows, Insanely Haunted, I Dunno Radio, Myth Takes, a tabletop role playing game podcast, the new show Morgan needs a podcast by with with our buddy Morgan Spatola, all sorts of stuff. You can go to scavengersnetwork.com or check out the Scavengers Network on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and stay up to date with all your pod buds and each and every one of our dear listeners. If you'd like to, why not become a donor of the Scavengers Network Patreon and help support our show and every other show on the network? You can go to www patreon.com slash the scavengers network and become a donor at $1 a month $2 a month $5 $10 or 20 bucks
1: we did a little snippet teaser about swell spells uh, little witch spells that you can do for every day but you'll hear more of those if you become a patreon at the scavengers network
0: that's right you help keep the lights on as it were you help fund the shows to maybe at least for our show since you're listening to our show right now maybe do some traveling maybe investigate some haunted places maybe pay for a guest or two to come on the show maybe a doug jones i don't know uh but we would love your support so again that's patreon.com slash the scavengers network take a look if you like
1: show us that we you love us (laughs) (laughs) because we love you
0: Hello, I am Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And we are the hosts of Journey Under 30. This is a podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. On each episode, we take a look at a career of an individual that has been recognized by Forbes. Sometimes we look at careers that we think were overlooked. Or sometimes we talk about the careers that you may not know about, but you should. And in the end, we discuss what we've learned as well as how we can apply it to our own career paths as we make our mark in this world. So, Join us every other Tuesday on whatever podcatching app you choose, and we'll see you on the Forbes. See ya. Bye-bye now. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully you paused our show for a little bit. And went and listened to Su- to, <laughs> to some of the other S- shows. S- to Sissu Studio by, <laughs> by Phil Collins. Philip Collins. Good song. Uh- But no, hopefully you went and listened to some of the other shows in the Scavengers Network, checked out the Patreon, and did whatever.
1: Or maybe followed us on social media at Spooky underscore Spouses on Twitter, Instagram. Maybe send us an email, SpookySpousesCast <laughs> at gmail.com. Maybe you are like, I just need to send an email today. I'm going to send it to them.
0: Yeah, there's something I'd be willing to, I, I've, I've needed to get off of my chest, and it's that I know a bunch of very top secret information about the Church of Scientology, and I'm going to send it to him right now.
1: Or maybe you're, I won't say prisoner, maybe you're a victim or a... <laughs> well... Okay, maybe not a victim either. Maybe you're a Patreon of the Scientology, and you need help. A member. <laughs> you're a member.
0: There you go. <laughs>
1: and you need assistance.
0: Yeah. Uh, then don't contact us. Contact a professional, please. <laughs> What I did want to say really quick is that uh, Linz and I are sitting here, and I'm sore because yesterday Linz and I, for the first time, went out uh, foraging for mushrooms. Yeah, we did. And it was really fun. It
1: was five miles, and it was a lot.
0: Yeah, and I think you and I might have done a little bit over six because we walked in the woods a lot off trail, (laughs) uh, and we got very muddy. But it was fun. We we, we found three morels. We did. And I am very happy about it, and they're resting in our fridge right now with a damp paper towel on them. Taking a little nap. They're taking a little mushroom nap, <laughs> a little morel nap, and that's it. It was just fun. I just wanted to say that because I had fun, and it's unrelated to the show, but it was fun <laughs> for me. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, okay, Lindsay, I have some small, I have a very small piece of breaking booze. Okay. Remember remember the time, remember when we went to South Carolina we talked about some cryptids around that area, Yeah, like almost this time last year, maybe like, I forget when we went, July or something? Yeah. Nah, it doesn't matter. June. June. But I think I remember talking about the lizard man in South Carolina. Yeah. Did I talk about
1: the lizard man? I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Like there was a kid who parked his car around a swamp and he like got scared and saw the thing. Uh, the lizard man is back. Oh. Yep. Uh, In Bishopville or Bishopville, South Carolina, a woman named Sarah who lives in Sumter says that she saw the lizard man after she was leaving church with her friends uh, a few Sundays ago and she snapped a photo of it. Now, I do have the photo that she sent in to Cryptozoology News and I think you're really going to like it. He's just doing his thing. This is the lizard man photo that she sent in.
1: And, oh, okay. And, you know, he's just
0: strolling. What? He's doing his thing.
1: Like, it's actually a good photo, but like, it looks like a costume.
0: Looks like. Or like. Or is it?
1: You know, I don't know, I guess.
0: <laughs> uh, I do. That, that's for sure a costume because he's ripped. Like look at his he shoulders. Is ripped.
1: He's ripped. And his look at eyes his tail. Are red.
0: Yeah, he's a lizard, you know? They got those big his red eyes. His tail
1: looked like someone didn't quite know how to use stuffing and they like <laughs> half stuffed it.
0: Look at his foot in the front too. His foot is very yeah. funny. His foot's hilarious. Yeah. And I'm going to edit this part out so I can sneeze. I'm back. So here's a little bit from Sarah. Here's what she said about it. "Quote, my hand to God, I'm not making this up." So excited! Exclamation mark. And that was in an email that she sent to ABC News 4 around the Bishopville, South Carolina area. And then I guess the very next day, a man also claimed to get some video evidence of this uh, lizard boy outside of, uh, a kind of around that same area.
1: So someone was probably just walking around with this cool costume that he just made.
0: Mm-hmm. Here I go.
1: And the, everybody was in an uproar.
0: Mm-hmm. testing this thing out for the upcoming Comic-Con, going to wander around them <laughs> here woods and scare people, and maybe they won't notice how terrible Mateo looks.
1: I'm, one, I'm waiting for, like, the footage they get of him going into, like, a convenience store buying a pack of smokes and then walking out, what like, kind surveillance of, footage.
0: Do you think the lizard man still smokes cigarettes or do you think the lizard man vapes? He vapes. Oh, for sure. 100% Some vapes. real thick, dusty clouds. Cigarettes
1: aren't cool. Well, they never were, but, you know, no. they're not cool anymore. The vaping is cool.
0: Yeah, the vaping is cool. But is
1: it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess
0: you're right, huh? Well, I think societally it's cooler than smoking a cigarette.
1: Yeah, I mean- i guess so
0: what i will say is that i don't mind if i'm walking behind someone and they're vaping and say it's like cinnamon roll or i don't know um
1: you get that sweet vape
0: yeah you get a little bit of that sweet smell
1: or that fruity vape
0: uh or maybe it's like uh kielbasa and sauerkraut Ew. Oh, that's fine it smells good okay. um meatloaf vape <laughs> that's gross <laughs> that's really good gravy um, gravy Oh, see? Now we're talking. Yeah, a little gravy vape.
1: What does gravy smell like?
0: Um,
1: Brown?
0: It smells like, <laughs> is gravy brown or is gravy gray? It's like gray? O- opaque brown It's bray. It's bray. It's brownish. I guess it's like in the brown zone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyways.
0: I think this is the second episode in a row we've talked about brown liquids because we are talking about pop.
1: Yeah, let's not make it a trend.
0: The stops here. Episode 75, we will no longer talk about brown liquids.
1: It'll come back.
0: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, so what I wanted to talk about today is psychics. Oh, yeah. I don't think we've talked about psychics a lot.
1: Not really. I mean, a little bit with the amazing Randy.
0: Oh, yeah, true. How he kind of
1: duped people into that. But that was more horoscope. No, he did psychic work, too. Yeah,
0: and uh, magic. Mm -hmm. I like the amazing Randy.
1: Yeah, Randy's a rascal too, but he's likable.
0: (laughs) Just like the lizard man.
1: And he just got married to his assistant.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah, they're happy together. Are they
0: both still alive?
1: Uh, Yeah, I believe so.
0: Okay, congrats. Randy's pretty old. So I wanted to talk about this one psychic. His name is Paul... (laughs) (laughs) Paul hunter okay and paul hunter lives in the uk now paul doesn't get his uh or did not get his psychic abilities naturally so i'll get to that in a minute
1: oh he went to a four-year college for them
0: he went to the university of uh crystal ball mm. in crystal ball england oh okay. is that cool to say so this guy paul hunter he is a professional psychic living around uh outside of london And he charges 25 pounds per session, which I uh, got the currency rate. Yes. And that's $32.93.
1: That's not too bad. That's reasonable.
0: I think so too, especially from a guy who's getting a lot of recognition. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, $32.93 just to get a good private reading. That's pretty nice. But he says that he had some pretty terrifying close encounters when he was younger that led him into being a psychic. Okay. So he says... Quote, "I'm an abductee and I've been on board alien ships End quote. Mm. so our buddy paul gets his abilities because he was trained by aliens
1: oh okay isn't that cool i didn't know aliens were trained in psychic ability
0: i didn't really know that either but
1: thought they were trained in like alien stuff (laughs)
0: like zip zapping lasers and (laughs) uh floating to earth and probing and and... yeah i guess well there there's also like the the imagery of aliens being telepathic oh yeah. so maybe that's a thing i don't really know so So Paul says, quote, I leave people shocked with what I tell them every day. This is just my job. I tell customers, if you feel like you haven't connected, then you do not have to pay me. But no one's left without paying. Hmm. What would you tell someone if you were a psychic to to shock them into paying you money? I'm holding a knife. (laughs) maybe.
1: (laughs) Well, like to make sure that they pay.
0: Yeah, or something so shocking to one of your clients, if you were the psychic, that would, they go, oh, well, there is nothing I can do here in this situation except pay because this is so mind-blowing.
1: I know maybe like at the end of everybody's session, I would just say like a random household skill That like nobody thought of before. Like, you know, those like little clickbaits that pop up and it was like, did you know you could actually use a toothpaste bottle like this? And then everybody comments like, I was today years old when I figured this out.
0: Yeah. That like those. I would
1: get a collection of those. (laughs) And then at the very end, be like, hey, did you know this? And then they're like, what? Mind blown.
0: Did you know that you can cut the top off of a water bottle and then now you have a wide mouthed water bottle now?
1: (laughs) I don't know about that one, but yeah.
0: Did you know if you cut a tomato in half, now you kind of sort of have two tomatoes? <laughs> One's just, they're just smaller than the original tomato? Yeah. That's, see, now that's, now I'm blowing my own mind. I think that's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, it also, in the article, it also made sure to say that Paul has 2,000 Facebook followers. So <laughs> good. <laughs>
1: So if you want to follow Paul, you can. If not, then he has a lot. Then he still
0: has 2,000. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul also wanted to say, quote, I'm not a cold reader who would throw something suggestible to people. And Paul maintains that everybody on earth has the same inherent psychic ability or psychic potential that he does. You just have to unlock it. Oh. And lucky for Paul, some aliens helped him unlock it. Now I do I am gonna touch more on cold reading soon. Do you know what cold reading is?
1: I mean I would just imagine it would be like a simple reading.
0: Yeah, it's essentially like blanket statements that Yeah. That psychics can use. Well, quote unquote, psychics can use. Paul also says that even though people have an inherent psychic ability, you have to have a good rapport with the spirits in order to tap into your psychic ability. So maybe that means being on a nickname basis with all the spirits living in your area. Okay. Yeah, so like, you know. Raj. Raj, (laughs) Ridge, Raft, Ripsed. Sam. Well, yeah, but spelled cool. Maybe like Sam with a dollar sign. Like, that's more like a nickname thing. Right. You know? So, Paul was a paranormal prodigy when he was a child because he was selected for what he calls, quote, super space programs. End quote. He was hand selected by government officials at, when he was a kid.
1: Oh, I was thinking of like how Nickelodeon used to like one of their prizes was going to Space Camp.
0: Oh my gosh! How much did you want to do that? A lot? I didn't at
1: all because I get motion sickness. I didn't want anything to do with Space Camp.
0: <laughs> See, I when whenever I saw those ads for Space Camp, I wanted to go so bad. No. But then I saw them being attached, like I saw the kids being attached to harnesses and stuff. And I was like, ah, that looks kinda uncomfortable. And that was the only thing that I was worried about going <laughs> to space camp is that the harnesses didn't look like super cool.
1: Is space camp still around? I honest, I don't ever see anything for space camp.
0: I would think that there there probably are still a few space camps. Probably because why not do a you know i i'm i'm sure that there are like a lot of summer programs for for kids that are at least like what have a wide a wide variety of interests for kids instead of just like your generic summer camp where it's like okay let's go be sweaty and drink Kool-Aid that's watered down uh <laughs> there might be ones for space or for um, coding or something
1: you get like a little Stanley Kubrick kid and he's like ideas for films
0: that would be A very cool camp.
1: Maybe Kubrick went to space camp, and that's why there's so many space references.
0: You could be right.
1: And they thought he faked the moon landing.
0: Turns out he just loves space.
1: He just loves space
0: camp. What if all of his movies, aside from like all of his meaning and stuff, were just, it was all just kind of like uh, coincidental that it was about, he was like a whistleblower for, for all these like government conspiracies and stuff. And then it was always like, oh, I was just, I just like this stuff. It's so weird that it's so weird. I didn't know that it was it a It could very well be.
1: I mean, a lot of people, conspiracies, is was a whole nother day. Yeah. whole nother topic. <laughs> I think
0: a whole nother, yeah, like 10 topics. So these super space programs that Paul was uh, dis- was referencing or the ones that he was brought into when he was a kid, said these resulted in, quote, so-called spirits, end quote, taking him on to their crafts, and they would train him on their spacecraft.
1: How long did they train him for?
0: You know, I don't know. Could be anywhere from a couple hours to a couple years. (laughs) Okay. I have no idea. Paul says this, I didn't realize what was happening at the time, but they took me out of my body, and I was a ball of light, Hmm. end quote. So just your run-of-the-mill being taken aboard spacecrafts by spirits or aliens, and they take you out of your body, and you're just a ball of light, and they teach you how to be a psychic. Okay. Yeah, okay. No questions there. Just That's just kind of what that is. When he was up there, uh, or I guess up with the, the ships, he was able to talk to his mom, who had passed when he was a kid, and he was visited in his bedroom by spirits. And the spirits were tall blue figures uh, of what, what he said they looked like tall blue men with a bright red aura all around them. And he said, quote, they literally lifted me from my bed and carried me upside down through a long hospital corridor, end quote.
1: So this was a dream that, no. Well, this it was like a dream state but they were doing it.
0: This was this was a dream state by Paul, but this was literally happening. IRL.
1: I think I was right the first time I said it by saying this was a dream.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know I'm not like super into alien stuff. No, I'm since I'm not into alien stuff, I'm going to be the one that like gets abducted by an alien and then everybody's going to be like, "We don't believe you because you convinced us otherwise."
0: Yep, and now you're here on the show saying you were abducted by aliens, and guess what? Yeah, right, lady. No one cares. Nope, sorry. Paul also goes on to talk about how it's not scary because we all leave our bodies every single night. Uh, Paul believes that when we sleep, we enter a different place altogether, attached to the body we know by a cord.
1: We enter our brain, which is in our body.
0: Yeah, but is it though? Okay. You ever seen your own brain?
1: I've seen brains.
0: Have you ever seen, Lindsay, have you ever seen your own brain? No. Well, then you can't prove it. <laughs> then you can't prove that that brain's in your head. Okay. Uh, when we wake up, Sometimes those- Sometimes
1: when I talk, I can prove that there's no brain in my
0: head. Hey, you know what? Same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul says that when we wake up, the memories of what lie beyond are there, but acts such as yawning and stretching quickly release them, and then we're then we're back to this reality of being awake. Mm. Uh, So that's just your standard body-wiping the memory, yawning and stretching. People on his Facebook page wrote that Paul is incredibly accurate, and uh, a woman by the name of Victoria said, Everything you said was spot on. After coming away and listening to the recording, I'm even more shocked at some of the things you managed to tell me. Paul does about 10 private readings a week, which doesn't seem like a lot. And they realize there's more to this place, Earth, than meets the eye.
1: I think with psychic abilities... I don't want to say that this isn't a true or untrue thing. I just feel like I've never gone to a psychic, so I can't like I can't say from personal experience they wowed me. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think it's fake, but it's like I would have to seriously go to somebody that I did not know at all. Yeah. With no way that they could. Like, I'd probably use a fake name so they couldn't look me up. Social media is so easy to look people uh, up. Blinzy. And I would have to, like, they would have to tell me something that completely floored me for me to believe that there was anything.
0: Yeah, I agree. And me too. I've, I've, I've thought about this. And I was thinking about it when I was getting more information about this next part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking, like, what would it take for me to be blown away by a psychic? Now, I... I mean, maybe this is I, – I, I think this way because this is the type of show we have and you and I are obviously interested in this this type of stuff in general. Right. But like do I think that people with quote unquote psychic abilities are phonies? Not all of them. I would like to think that there's truth in it somehow because why, why, why would I – think that there wasn't I don't know it's fun to think that there might be
1: right well it's the whole like paranormal you know dimensions do you think that there are ghosts actually talking to you do you not believe in it yeah I just I mean looking at us you can tell around our age you can tell you know the way we're dressed like you can tell our financial status like you can tell and when people say you've had a death Yeah, if you're in your 30s, you most likely have had a death in your life somewhere. Sure. Like most people have not just been like, nope, no one's ever died that I know of. I don't even know that people do die.
0: And I've actually don't even know how I was born. I don't know. uh, I think I was just placed here by uh, some tall blue aliens with red aura around them. Yeah. You ever heard of my buddy Paul?
1: I think I would probably do everything because I'm I have to debunk everything. I would do everything in my power to make myself look n- not like me. Like yeah. I would dress differently than I normally do. I would very poker face, mm-hmm. not give any, you know, indication of what I've been through or what I'm going through. Yeah. And then I would have to hear something really impressive to believe it.
0: I would go in there with a fake slipknot tattoo on my forehead, a lip ring, a different pair of Warby Parkers, and a share <laughs> hoodie. Okay. Try to guess where I'm coming from. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. So I was talking about doing cold reads. Yes. So cold reading is is a technique that people who claim to be psychics will use in order to trick people into thinking that they're actually psychics. So cold reading or cold statements are just like these overarching things that nine times out of 10, you're probably going to land on or people will probably be able to uh, connect with in some way. So like for me, if it was like 1 p.m., And you were to come in, I say, oh, well, how was your breakfast? And you'd go, whoa, I did have breakfast today, right? It's one of those things. Right. And a lot of these things, like people's willingness to buy into this stuff and willingness to work with the psychic in this situation is amplified because they're there because they want to be impressed and they want to have a psychic reading.
1: Right. Well, think about why people go to psychics, though. Exactly. They had a death. They want to talk to a loved one. They are having financial troubles. They want to know what's going to happen in their life.
0: Relationship stuff. Yeah. hundred percent. And I wrote some of those down. So there are seven different types of cold readings that you can do or uh, blanket statements. One is using shotgun statements. Mm-hmm. That's saying something so vague or broad, not vague, so broad that people can almost always relate to, like uh, like something a little bit as ob- well. Th- this is too obvious. You're a man or a woman, right? So that's a little bit, maybe a little bit too much of a shotgun <laughs> statement. Um, but one something like you've you've recently lost an elderly relative. Now, yeah. however, however recent that is, maybe it's a year, maybe it's two years, maybe it's a month, or you recently lost someone named, say, what's like a really common name, John, Sarah. Something like that. Right. You recently lost someone named this name who was close to you, didn't you? And if not, then you can go like, oh, well, maybe I'm, I'm getting a J sound. I'm getting a something something. Right. Oh, you mean Starlin? Oh, yeah. Sorry. It was Starlin.
1: You use that name a lot. What is with you and Starlin? <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um The other – well, another one is what are called Barnum statements. And these were developed by the one circus guy, Barnum, from Barnum and Bailey. Yeah. Uh, Statements that seem personal – but can apply to many people. So these are a little bit more specific than a shotgun statement. Barnum statements rely on the phenomenon of people wanting to believe and looking for information that fits them if they fill in the blanks. Yeah. The reader's eagerness in wanting them to be true, or the uh, person who's there, their eagerness in wanting them to be true, helps them read between the lines and search in their history of recent events to how it could be relevant. So maybe a Barnum statement is between the ages of 13 and 15, you went through a pretty dramatic change, right? And a lot of people will associate that like during that era in your life, maybe you're a little bit angsty and things seem like a really big deal perhaps. Right. So you're going to associate like traumatic experiences or like big experiences with when you were maybe around 13 or 15. Right. Right. So Barnum statements, circus, circus statements. Another one is called recapping and reusing. This one's good. Use information that your client, I guess, have said during your interactions with them, but don't acknowledge that you heard it. Remember it, maybe scribble it down like you're taking weird notes or something, and then refer to it later. So, like, maybe they had forgotten that they had said it or because you didn't acknowledge it. Maybe they thought it just kind of went in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Then you bring it up later in the discussion. I think that one's.
1: Well, I think psychics are just really good listeners and really good mannerism picker uppers, I guess. Body
0: language readers. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A good picker upper.
1: Good picker upper.
0: Picking the right subject. So large sweeping subjects that most people can relate to. These are some of the ones that you and I were talking about. Jobs, relationships, death, the afterlife, financial stuff. You want someone who is suce- who is susceptible to suggestion and isn't too much of a skeptic to begin. This will dramatically increase your chances of success. So picking the right subject, probably not going to be something like the new Cardi B record yeah. or the new uh, Missy Elliott record
1: (laughs) i don't think she put out a new record
0: no she didn't
1: she just put out singles
0: yeah she she hung out with lizzo on a thing and that was really cool (laughs) um using negatively loaded statements so statements that are both a win-win talk about situations where opposites agree and human behavior and human behavior is integral so when you're at a party and you're ex- – so like one of these things could be something like, oh, when, when you're at a party, you're maybe a little bit more extroverted than you normally are. But when you're by yourself, you're maybe a little bit more introverted. Is that right? So like general, sweep, d- general sweeping statements that can – like are a little bit situational.
1: That happens to pretty much everyone.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Changing your meaning so that you really can't be wrong. Two strategies in cold reading to deal with not getting a hit and not getting information wrong is to change your meaning, and the next one is to play the blame game. If you make a st- uh, if if you make a statement that didn't necessarily get a hit or it flopped, your subject will uh, kind of change it for you if they're eager to. Get her true psychic reading. Yeah. So if you say, "Does the name John mean anything to you?" and they'll say, "No," but I know someone named Jerry. So yeah. your 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 statement, like changing your meaning, be like, "Oh yeah, that's exactly what I meant." I I'm seeing the like the the mist is parting, and the name John has slowly transformed into Jerry in my crystal ball. And the next one is playing the blame game. Even if you're wrong, don't admit it and try to slightly word. What you were saying a little bit differently, or you can tell your your clients, I guess, that they're wrong, uh, and say that that's not what you're seeing, and I guess they must be confused and move on to another to another subject. So I think that one's fun. I like doing that one where if you say you had a cat named uh, Ryan, correct, And they'd be like, "No, I never did," and be like, "Well, I think you did," so we're gonna move on. <laughs>
1: Like that was like the one time we were walking our dog Molly and a lady (laughs) on a bicycle rode by and said, is she a Sheltie? And we said, no, an Australian Shepherd. And she said, pretty sure she's a Sheltie.
0: Yeah. And then kept riding her bike.
1: Yeah. So I think maybe she's a psychic. I think you're right. Molly is a Sheltie. See, maybe her reverse psychology worked on me.
0: It might have, uh, and that's one of my favorite stories ever on Earth. Someone telling you what type of dog you have, <laughs> <laughs> even though you told them what type of dog that you do have for sure. <laughs> um, well, that's all I have. Those are my topics. Nice for the week, psychic stuff and the lizard guy. Yeah, we'll we'll post a photo of that lizard guy uh, at least on our Twitter or something, so you so everyone can see how ripped he is.
1: Yeah, he's pretty ripped.
0: He looks like, there was like this one lizard that was a mascot for some company that I forget.
1: Geico? Yeah.
0: He looks like a ripped, he looks like a ripped Geico. You know, that would be some (laughs) cool guerrilla marketing. If, uh, say, Geico were going to open up a few new little like um, spots in a certain town. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were trying to re- recruit people to work for Geico, get someone dressed up in a lizard suit and just be seen kind of wandering around town. And then people be like, I've been seeing this lizard wandering around town. And then a year later, all these Geico businesses pop up and they're like, well, this has got to be connected somehow. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's all I have. Well, nice. Thanks, Lance.
1: I think we had a pretty uh, heavy episode with, you know, Scientology, church, religion, and some psychic stuff. I feel like we had a very mental episode.
0: I think we did. Yeah. There was a lot of brain stuff.
1: A lot of brain stuff.
0: Yeah. I just love brain stuff. (laughs) Uh, Well, hey, we would like to thank Eli Rexford Chambers for writing the music you heard at the beginning, middle, and end of our show. Thanks, Eli. You can find him on social media at Eli who... Wait, what is it? At Eli who does music. He's a special sweet boy. He does have flute arms. He posted a video of it uh, and there's no debunking that. And he's nice.
1: We'd also like to thank everybody at the Scavengers Network. There is an awesome group of people that have awesome shows on that. <laughs> you can go to scavengersnetwork.com, check them all out. We also have a Patreon where you can donate to the network or any of our shows. Um, give us a little more funding so then we can go find the Lizard man
0: give us a little more funding so we can do some more fun things.
1: And we'll give you special content.
0: Yeah, we sure will. Maybe even
1: show up at your house, give you a psychic reading. We don't know.
0: Yeah, a really, really bad one.
1: You give us 20 bucks a month, we'll show up at your house.
0: Yeah, I don't care.
1: Well, you have to be in i can't afford to fly all over the place no
0: you have to live within like three blocks of us (laughs) but if you give us 20 bucks a month we'll come to your house and i don't know tell you that you might be a lizard in disguise or something yeah yeah well most of us are and then hey we would also like to thank each and every one of you for listening to our show for supporting our show for uh knowing that we're not smart but we have fun doing what we do (laughs) And thanks very much for listening. It really means a lot to us.
1: If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show or leave us a nice review and show us some love and we'll show you some love back.
0: That's absolutely right. I think that's that's one of my favorite things about our show is connecting with people who who've connected with us. And it's really fun. Yeah, we've made some friends along the way. Well, wouldn't you know it?
1: Well, have a what a Scientology either free or regular Scientology Saturday, I guess next week.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Uh whichever way you want to go with it.
0: Yeah, hey, you know what? The 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 balls in your court. Have a measles free. Now there's oh, no yeah. debate on that. Have a measles free entire life.
1: Monday. Uh and
0: and yeah, start it on Monday. on Monday. At least on Monday. Yeah. But then begin it on Monday, start it for the rest of your life. And uh I'm going to say one more. Have a have a mm, I don't think I am going to say one more cuz I can't think of one. Okay. All right. Yeah, just those ones. Okay. (laughs) Well, until next Monday, we will see each and every one of you later. Bye-bye. Bye. One, two, three,
1: four, five. A, B, C, D, A, F, G, G. 1, G, E, E, F, G, C, C, A.
0: That's it. Okay. <laughs> the Scavengers Network. Creator-driven.
1: Community-focused.
0: Treasured content.
1: W, I, D, K
0: wish listening to the radio sucked even more, join Fishstick. Neil deGrasse Tyson. If I was going to get in a fight and I had to pick one astrophysicist to be on my side. (laughs) Lulu. In the beginning, there was milk and it came out of a cow or whatever. This is a completely accurate representation of the history of milk, by the way. The Professor. I think it'd be pretty psychologically damaging to have to fight two building-sized babies. And Mulch. I don't want a body like John Cena because that just (laughs) seems like a lot of extra spaces to have to clean. <laughs> like there's a reason he's completely shaved. It's I Don't Know Radio, part of the Scavengers Network and Podcast NH. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and unfortunately, everywhere else.